you, Blue Mo- Blue Mountain, Blue Falcon Media. That was uh, Ronnie Gonzalez. 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 That was his old company. Hold on. How do I get rid of that big black screen? There you go. Hey, everyone. Jeez. Welcome to the 21 Gun Podcast. I am your host, Kevin Sullivan, with us tonight, running all the bebop, badoobie, boop, boop stuff over there. <laughs> Basically looking good. Is uh, Jeremy Walton. Tonight, we have a really cool guest. We have um, Gunny Charles Wolf. If you guys don't know who he is, uh, he's the founder of Semper Tunes. Um, also, he's going to explain this to me because he was trying to explain it to me earlier. Semper, I mean, I'm sorry, Core Tunes. A um, bunch of other cool stuff. Anyways, uh, if you haven't heard of him, you're wrong. Go check him out. Uh, SemperTunes.com. Com. I believe it's dot com. Do you know You're what? Fucking Do you know what? Wrong. Do you know what? I'm just gonna let him. It's exp- dot com. It's dot com. Yeah. Say, see, I don't, I don't memorize this stuff. That's uh, why you have me. Love that intro. The problem with that intro is that uh, we don't own that song. <laughs> so I mean, it, we don't make money off of this, right? We're a, we're a volunteer uh, podcast, so it's okay to use it if you talk about it, right? That this is actually yes. part of the law. It's, yeah. uh, I can't remember what the name of the law is, but if you do use it. Uh, and you're trying to make money. Here's a little lesson for you guys. If you try to use something like that that's owned, you, the YouTube's just like, nah, and you can't make any any cash off it. But uh, that All was Eddie Vedder. Yeah. That was Eddie Vedder, and that was uh, Patriot. For some reason, I think we spoke about this before. I don't think that's. I don't think he's. <laughs> I don't think he's singing "I Am a Patriot" in the way you and I would sing. No, I am a patriot. Uh, but great song, and I thought it melded well uh, with that video. Did you see Brendan Alf? Uh, Brendan, oh man, that that beard, that that six foot three of just he's just oh, a tall glass of water, man. tall drink of water. Uh, oh, I almost forgot. Uh, so last week we opened up with the I, I like cringe videos. In fact, we've done this a lot in the past, and it's usually Air Force. Uh, last week we had this kid, and I say I say, I I, <laughs> I don't I don't really want to make fun of him because again he looks young, but maybe he's a he's like in the reserves or something maybe or, he's maybe they're rotc rotc Probably. yeah so I'm if he's that it. then it's, it's game on but if he's just wearing his dad's uniform or whatever then I'd, I'd feel kind of like the you ever watch the um stolen valor yes and i i 100 agree with the you know don't do it obviously don't do it you know don't go well, to a I would store hope you would not agree with well it. no no no. i'll tell you why right because you've got you've got the guys that are maybe 40 and they put on someone's uniform they go buy it at the army navy store and they go out at christmas and they try to get like a free coffee at whatever not christmas what's what's the one right veterans day they try yeah. to get a, a free coffee or whatever and um yeah those pieces those people are pieces of shit but every now and then these people who who um who call out these folks, you're like, ah, that dude is borderline autistic and it's, it's almost making, you know, like I watch it and it makes me uncomfortable. It's, okay. So you want to call him out yeah, and you, and you know, deep down in his mind, he probably feels like he's supporting. Yeah. Could you have those asshole like boot vets or those guys who wear the, uh, the chucks and the combat vans and yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm like bro he's probably trying to like show his support like right, right give right, him right. a fucking break he's not going to the VA trying to get benefits he's not trying to get 45% or 50% off his vehicle tags or some shit he's yeah, yeah. trying to show support he's trying to show he couldn't serve and that's or, his way to do it or maybe maybe this dude is I don't know like uh just hard on his luck and feels like shit. And is like, if I it wear this, people like me. Yeah. So it's like that, that I don't mind, but you're right. When they start, in fact, there was one real good one where this, uh, uh, young lady was wearing a uniform to get on, to get into or get whatever, get on a boarded a plane before yeah. everyone else. And this guy just calls her out and he, I mean, he, Ooh, I gotta find this yeah, video. yeah, it was, uh, it's a, it's a pretty good one, but yeah. Um, so, okay. With that said, I don't know if, the, <laughs> I don't know where this kid falls into that. <laughs> Maybe he's active duty. Right. And I hope he is because then 
I can continue to make fun of them for years. But just when the bar is set, just when you say it can't get much cringier than that, somebody comes along and does this. Honors the 13 service members who died. Now, I'm, I'm not shitting on that. No. I'm not shitting on that. Let's it's, preface this whole thing with that. It's this. Thank you for honoring them, brother. I'm starting to feel bad for making fun of them. No. No. Come on, that's cringy, right? It's That's the whole point. It's, yeah. Do you think... Now, the question is... Do you think the, the goal of them doing that was... It's like self-aware. He knows how cringy he's being. That would be great because if he's doing that, uh, I'm in. I'm in. But uh, I don't know. I'm going to remove that because I feel bad. No. I'm starting to feel bad. I uh, don't. Okay, so I'm sorry. Nothing for me is off the table. Right. Nothing. I don't care how dark, dirty. You don't joke about that. Yes, you do. It's funny. It's funny. That's the whole point of comedy. I have a, a question uh, for Gunny. I almost call them Gunny Tunes. For Gunny Tunes. Uh, Earlier, you called them Gunny Highway, which is kind of an honor. Which, thing, yeah, that's you know. not, I mean, Clint Eastwood. Did you see Clint Eastwood's got a new movie coming out? Guy's like 175 yes. years old. And he's going to do another uh, cowboy movie. I'm looking forward to that because uh, someday we'll be able to go back to the get damn movie theaters. Have you been in a movie theater? Uh, yeah, they've been open and I've been going nearly every week. I don't, what's, what are you watching? Uh, there's, um, I can't. The new Marvel movie, uh, Shang Chi. There was there's yeah, the yeah, Fast that and Furious movie. There's oh, really? Free, what am I? Twelve? There's Free Guy with more uh, Ryan Reynolds. Ryan Reynolds. Yeah, I mean, ah, fucking hilarious. He's a oh, really? I dude, I John and I were dying. For What's the it called? Movie. It's called Free Guy. It's Free with Ryan guy. Reynolds. Okay. He plays this. It's like this Matrix type thing. He's a. It's Ryan Reynolds in a tight fucking polo. And he's walking around day to day like he's in a video game, and everything is the same. People with cool sunglasses are, are considered players, but they do their thing. They go through. People will come and rob them or something like if that. This movie like, is half as good as how you're describing it. I will never see it. Okay, imagine <laughs> Deadpool without yes. Ryan Reynolds being Deadpool, but oblivious and then coming into the life of it. I think. I mean, I, I like a, everything it, he does. You, okay, watch the video. Same watch character. it. Watch the, the uh, trailer for it and go see it, and you'll never regret it. Pull, pull it up. Pull it's it up, it's called right. Free What? Free, free Willy? Guy. Free Guy. Free Willy. With Ryan Reynolds. Free, free guy. I got, so here's, I, I have a problem. I, I'm very aware uh, lately that as I get older, I'm, I'm becoming the old man that gets mad at everything and I can't help it. Like I, I want to help. Like yesterday I got so pissed off because I was driving home from work. Oh, this is actually Friday. Uh, there's a car in front of me, young guy in it. I don't know. He's probably 25 and he had elves all over the back of his freaking car. And they're not like elves, like like Christmas elves. These are elves like, what is that? Dungeons and Dragons. Yeah. I, come on, come on. You're an adult. What are you doing? What are you doing? Okay, Can you explain I, this one to I me? I play Dungeons and Dragons, but that's okay. Yeah, you're, what are you, 48? Not as close as you. Did you? I want to see that. I got it up yet. Yeah, All right. Yeah, I want to see this here. Uh, let me know if you hear the audio. Yeah, you can hear it. I don't know if the, the people will get in trouble for it, but whatever. So Beauty and the Beast. All it's, right. This is meant to be funny. Okay. He's going to say, so far, I haven't seen any of these. Twice. Oh, he's a superhero. Comes a whole new world. I was going to say, if it's just a, a comedy, what's the point a, of watching comedy. it at Hold the on. theater? But... Oh. 
This is the kid I was just talking about. This is the guy that has elves on his car. He goes through day-to-day life. All this shit's happening. He doesn't understand it until a moment happens in the movie. And then it all comes to real life. Oh, like he's imagining. All right, you can take it down because freaking blowing up my eardrums. So he's imagining it. So the entire movie, he goes through this. Oh, not the entire movie. The entire beginning of the movie, he goes through that. Like I don't know what's going on. He kind of you kind of just play your role until he he's until he meets this girl who's an actual player, an actual person. Oh, is he an NPC? Yes, he's an NPC in a video game. In a video game, until he meets a person who's actually playing. And acts differently, and he's basically going against his code. Oh. So then he's trying to find her through this whole movie. Okay, that's interesting. It's, yeah. Dude, it's you hilarious. And he, you know what? How, how proud are you that I knew what NPC was? Only because I, I that the old political meme. I thought that was pretty funny. Oh, see, even Frank, dude, me and the missus watched this movie. Funny and awesome. All right, I'm gonna have to watch it. Hey, speaking of Frank Easterling, uh, we have our sunglasses winner from last week, randomly selected through a random number generator. What I did is I took. Um, everyone who commented, and I put you on a little little list there, and Frank came up, and he wins a pair of glasses. Uh, From? Sunglasses. I'm sorry. Come on, Kevin. Do this. From Semper Fly. We have Semper. You know, I'll even send him this, this lovely box right here. So we have this. Inside comes, for all Marines, uh, we have a, a, a pair of uh, snacks in there. And yeah, so congratulations to Frank Easterling, uh, maybe Miss uh, Shamaya will be the one who wears them. She might grab them from him because they are they're pretty good. They're nice. They're, they're nice. pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, we'll have Frank back in studio uh, soon. Soon. Uh, yeah, that's that's really it. So uh, yeah, it, it may be you too could win something if we started giving stuff away. I mean, now no, seriously, if, people, if that comes down and people start listening more and you start telling people about it. <clears throat> we'll give to the end of the week, and if they look at it, I'll 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 send them something. Either whether it's from IW, whether it's from Twenty One Gun, you know, we'll, or from a sponsor, we'll do that. Okay. And did did I already? I did. I introed who our who our uh, guest was going to yes. be. Uh, he's going to be a, a good story. Uh, he dedicated his life to the Marine Corps and pretty much and beyond. <laughs> so, uh, so oh, do you know what? He sent a picture, uh, ch- or he didn't send it. I I googled a picture. Pull him up here. Damn, for a that's like. He sent a picture. Super fucking stalking. I'm just throwing that up. I was just, I mean, I, I was on his Facebook page and, and explain. Well, oh, check this out. Ready? Pull us up here. So creepy. Where's, where's the picture? I got it. You got one job. I got it. I got it. I got it. One job. I got it. One job. Can this guy be anything but a gunny? Look at that haircut. Okay. Do you think he looked like that when he was a Lance Corporal? No. No. It happened when he became a gunnery sergeant. That's uh, like that. You got that that high top. Like I'm gonna is, fuck you up. That if I put a level on there, the bubble would be smack dab right in the middle. Uh, either that, I was thinking he could either be a gunner. If I didn't know who he was, in fact, we should play that game. We should just pull up a bunch of random people that we all know, and you have to guess what they do. If I, I would say he's either a Division One football coach. <laughs> I mean, or, yeah. Or uh, uh, you're asking me to guess based off of someone's looks. I'm just kidding. Um, I I don't know. Usually, you could tell by the eyes. Yeah, by the face and by the smile. If they're like, they have that like that genuine like you know I care about you, and they have that like. But do I look like a person who plays a doctor every day? Yes, I you, don't. You look like I got you a put beard. Your finger in many buttholes. I have more than I can count, and I would rather not. And uh, you've talk now about confirmed it. it. Uh, it's it's one hundred percent true. It's that was my <laughs> life. Uh, it's the weirdest thing. You you go into medicine, right? And there's the the body has got like fifty thousand parts to it, fifty thousand parts, and for some reason, your finger is always up someone's butthole. And I can't. I mean, remember. I never have that issue. When I was in the when I was in PA school, it was like, um, 
yeah I, it was like okay so the uh, the patient comes in and he's complaining of dizziness and he's got heart palpitations first do a rectal exam it's like what why why do we have to keep going there <laughs> hey guy my tooth hurts <laughs> yep yep uh not my favorite thing to do did i tell you that there's actually a job did i tell you this on the show there's so when you're learning how to do this stuff right you're a student how are you going to learn what a butthole is supposed to feel like like what a real one <laughs> i know insert your jokes whatever i get paid for this uh they have these people that come in i'm not joking their whole job is to be a patient for you so so you, th they're like actors and not only that they teach you how to do a digital rectal exam so it's like me and three other uh, uh pa students were sitting there and this guy's like hey actually you know what he was a retired marine i shit you not i shit you not uh old gruff guy and he's like yeah so what you want to do is uh make sure you and he's like tell and then like i'm okay and then i would go <laughs> yeah and then he's like uh he's like no no no, more to the left i'm like what is this I, that that's real i don't sir i cannot understand why the front of my pants are wet yeah it was it was bizarre they also had females and you had to learn how to do uh, pelvic exam same thing woman sitting there and she's just talking to you and she's like okay now if you uh it, yeah if you want to get into medicine, just know it, you're going to have some weird situations that don't uh, come to Kevin that actually never go away. They Kevin never has go away. Big sausage fingers. I look at my do you know, I look at my my patient list and I'm like, Phew, no fingers up butts today. It's a win. Today's a big win. Uh, did I get TMI? Yep, yep, <laughs> yep, yep. Kevin wins. Like we're running a great podcast. We have a great show. Yeah, we're talking about booty holes mm -hmm. and what is uh, we got some hikes coming up. Flip uh, number three there, September twenty fifth, Jeremy Walton Beach, Florida. That's next week. What twenty fifth is next week? For it Fort is Walton Beach. Correct. Gosh, September. There goes September. It's like the whole the whole year. It was like, I think it had something to do with COVID. It's yeah, like I every know. month now, you're like, oh, uh, January, February, March, April, May. You're like, hey, slow down. Slow down a little bit. I've Jay, been, June, July, August, September. And it's almost Christmas. That's uh, that's Nate McDonald's hike. Really? Yeah. Down in Fort Walton? Mm -hmm. uh, so yeah, Fort Walton Beach next weekend. October. Now we're in October. And we got a shit ton of hikes in October. Uh, October 2nd, San Antonio, Memphis, and Pinehurst, North Carolina. Pinehurst uh, is a fantastic place. If you guys haven't been to Pinehurst, it's awesome. He's never been. Uh, Southern Pines. <laughs> yeah. Now it was right up the road for me. It was a great place. Uh, a lot of special operators down there. So you ride your bike there too. Uh, no, I did not actually. Uh, October 9th, we have DC. That's a hike I've been to a couple times. Won't be going. This Matthew, year. not Matt James Reeves. Yes. North Carolina. Yes. Uh, October 6th. No, DC's up in uh, its own district. Oh, he's, he just typed North Carolina in the chat. Oh yeah. 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 Pinehurst is in uh, North Carolina. That, that is correct. Uh, not Matt. Anyways, October 16th, New York city. What's that going to be like? We should bring on the we should bring on the um, coordinator for that. That's going to be a good one. You think it is? Ah, uh, yeah. There's, yeah. I've New seen York's some. Been, every time I've, okay, I've, every hike has that like, ooh, factor. Well, yeah. The, I mean, at 2019, that hike was probably <clears> the bomb, but uh, uh, now in 2021. It's got to be tough, but I'm sure they, the coordinator is doing their best to circumnavigate and get around Jeremy, you that, should be a freaking politician. See the way he just danced with that? What I did is, I, you ever watch the Globetrotters? I just bounced a ball to you and you're like, yeah, no, I don't, I don't like basketball. I'm not a fan of soccer. Okay, I was you didn't pick up on what I was stepping. No, in. I totally uh, got uh, it. <laughs> navigating and getting around, like ah, oh, you got it. You yeah, got yeah. It. Uh -huh. You did pass good it along. Yeah, October twenty third, Round Rock, Texas. Wow, a lot of Texas this uh, this year. 
Uh, it's almost like not as many as hikes as get North Carolina. October 23rd, Fayetteville, North Carolina. Check out the guys down at the rock. We had them on last week. Uh, October 30th, Cincinnati. We, it's just uh, the next three are October 30th. We have Cincinnati, Ohio, Richmond, Virginia. Richmond's only about three, three and a half hours away and Houston, Texas. I should go down to Houston, October 30th. I should do that. I got a lot of people down there and I might move down there. Uh, put that, write that down. I'm going to, I'm going to try to go October 30th to Houston, Texas. We got to have that guy on, uh, anything new in the IW store? What time um, is it? 8, 16? We're doing no, good. not really. Awesome. Um, other than you do need to go and order yourself some new freaking silkies. I'm just saying, actually, you know what? The shop does have some new stuff. They have, are you pulling it up? Yes, I sure am. They have, oh, ads to stream. Here we there go. We go. They have new oh. Icon Black Heather Silkies. What is that? Them. I see a B29 Super Fortress right there in the uh, right. What is USA, going on here? They're Freedom Donkey Silkies. But what? Oh, okay. But why did it's, they? It's advertisement. Yeah. That's, I, I'm in love. Look at that. That looks like a Super Fortress. Might be some other weird. Wait, that's a Marine Corps symbol on the side of a. Yes. The Marines didn't fly bombers. Yes, they did. Not in World War II. They yes, didn't have they Super did. Fortresses. They did not. Yes, they did. We're going to have to find out what that was all about. I think that's some uh, yes, tomfoolery going on there. Uh, it sounds like Kevin's jealous, uh, but yeah. So no, we have some uh, we have some great great silkies. So we head have over some, there. We got some. Uh, these ones are nice because the the pink stand out really well on them. They're really nice. Yeah, yeah, I've seen those. They're pretty good. Those are uh, for the ladies or the men. Who knows? I know some guys. Well, would, yeah, or the guys. Wow, they, they really updated the site. Look at they this. Sure did. This is fancy. The way it. They need to update my site like that. These are the green ones. The uh, the black and the blue ones definitely sell out really, really fast. Who, who gave us the pair for free? Uh, who was that guy? Oh, that was Mission him. Essential Gear. Michel, Michel, Michelin Essential Gear. Michelin? Check them out. We had him on a few weeks ago. Oh, Jesus, never mm-hmm. mind. Like a few months ago. Uh, he sent us some tiger-striped uh, shorts, uh, silky shorts. They were pretty awesome. Uh, let's do that for a quick second. Let's plug some of our favorite... Um, uh, businesses that that have been on the show and that support us, like Vet TV. Vet TV matched us dollar for dollar, and then ended up going all the way with a twenty five thousand dollar donation to um, Reverend Warriors. So thank you to Vet TV. That was last year, though. Well, not really. It was this year, but feels like it was last year because it was a long time ago. Grunt Style. It's just cool to say that we're partnered with Grunt. That's the only reason why I said it. it's kind of like name dropping. Like partnered oh, yeah. and sponsored. Yeah, partnered and sponsored. 22 Sierra Coffee. Also, we have unofficial sponsors. Uh, I'm going to call, he probably doesn't even know this and, and he probably doesn't want to be associated with <laughs> with our show, but uh, Pat Tooley, come on, truly, Turley, Turley. Uh, from Semperfly Sunglasses. He was a cool guy. Uh, we need to get him on more often. Any other business owners? The Rock Guns down in Fayetteville? Yeah, um, don't forget uh, 22 Sierra Coffee. I already, I mm. talked about them. Looking I had right to here. throw it out again because they have great coffee. Just want to throw that. Out. Oh, I think we're also sponsored. I think from Matthew, not Matt James Reeves, told us we are also sponsored by um, the NHG Trade. Sophie uh, Rippets. Rippets. So, was he is he serious about that? I think he was serious because I we talked about that last time about them almost giving me a heart attack, and he's like, "We're sponsored by them." Yeah, oh, shit. I was I was making fun of it too, but uh, it's okay. Don't listen to the early. Um, early shows like i'm talking episode three or four where i uh oh, made, made some funny we jokes do have another one um all the north carolina hike shirts that are, are that are made for all the hikes are made by broken skulls they're out in fayetteville as well broken skulls that's yep. a kind of a cool name they're, fu- they're they're their stuff is awesome i kept i'm seeing now that your camera's up there i kept figuring out wait what are you pointing at you keep looking up and i thought you were just oh it's almost a like i'm pointing to, at the thing looking at me i thought you were putting a little shout out to god up oh there. hold on no way like no, the end zone thing. no you got to do your thing what's that do it. I I don't get it for that. Do it. I don't get it for. Oh, that. Okay, yeah, I'll do that. Ready? Where is it? 
Did we? Did people even know what that is? Does that cut on you? Yeah. Well, that was from uh, that was from the video. But those who were here early and showed up on time, you didn't get it. Or if you saw last week's episode, that's going to be our new thing. Like if you see me on a hike, don't even say hi. Just do this. I don't know. I don't the hand things. Right. Again, I'm going to get boomer on you. I don't get like people take pictures and they're fucking like Bobby. I don't know what to do with my hands. I don't I don't do the hand thing. Like people like I do selfies all the time. I'll be on a hike. I'm like, let's take a picture. We do a picture and they're they're like. Just do the Keanu Reeves. Do the Keanu Reeves. Keanu Reeves doesn't touch yeah, anybody. Yeah, he puts his arm around. Arm out and it, that doesn't touch you because that leaves, that prevents anybody from thinking, oh, you're touching me, you're grabbing me. Nope. It's just a simple, hey. No, it's always, it's always dudes uh, that want their picture taken I with do. me. And um, they're always throwing up hand signs. I don't understand that. I don't understand the kids today. I'm just confused and Base. old. Base. Um, what else? Do we have anything else before we bring on our lovely guest? I discovered a new show called Mayday Air Disaster. <laughs> There's so, a reason why I'm bringing this up. Reason why I bring this up. Uh, I I go. Wait, did you have something to add? Yeah. So uh, I'm. So whoever the Facebook user user is that type Nashville hike was great, even though it was they were soaked. Uh, here was a great hike. Um, and also, while you're chatting, if you can, and those who are watching, please allow StreamYard to access your Facebook comments because we cannot see them. Yeah. Then you're just anonymous. It just says Facebook user, and I don't know who you are, and I can't put you on blast. Then they could write just horrendous stuff anonymously. Oh and my we gosh. never know. Don't do it. Jeremy will delete you immediately. No, I won't. Uh, no, I like, look it. I like to, I mean, you just did your little plug for um, Ryan Reynolds and his his new movie, Freebird. Free Guy. Free Guy. I'm going to have to watch that. Um, but yeah, I was I was on uh, YouTube the other day. You've probably heard of it. It's a the Tube of You? Webbing, oh, man, webbing, you boomers web, got that? Boom, yeah. And uh, I'm flipping through that and I find this show called Mayday. And, uh, it's, it's weird. And I don't, I don't, I'm sure there's something psychological going on there. I love watching air disasters, which is so weird because it used to be my biggest fear. And that might be it. Maybe like psychologically, I know I'm, I'm here on earth on the ground and I don't have to worry about bursting into flames or or crashing anymore. I guess if I'm on a commercial flight, but, uh, yeah, so I can't get over them. I watch hours of like Cessna's crashing and all this. So I find this Mayday. Uh, it's on YouTube, Mayday Air Disaster. And all it is is just reenactments of air disasters. And this one was these three guys. They're on a FedEx airplane. And they uh, they had a fourth guy hop on. And he was actually a pilot with FedEx. And they're like, what are you doing? He's like, oh, I'm just going to hang out in the back. And they're like, all right, cool. And they take off. This guy pulls out hatchets and straight up last of the Mohicans where he goes in the front, <laughs> whack, 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 just starts hitting everybody, hits the pilot on the side of the head, the engineer, the co-pilot, they're all down. They go, they go, uh, the, the engineer and the co-pilot get up and they're like fighting this guy. Cause what are you going to do? What are you going to do in your cockpit? And this guy's wielding hammers. Trying oh, to crash. He also had a, um, uh, uh, spear gun, like a fishing spear gun. Yeah. Totally crazy shit. Like bring All right, a real guys, gun. I'm going to get on this plane. Hijack an airplane, of, bring a real gun. I don't know what you're doing. Right. This so he goes back there. This is the reason why I'm bringing this up is because uh, this is so this is so great. This is so veteran for you. This is what do you call that moto? Moto. The the pilot is a uh, he was a 20 year veteran of uh, the Navy. He was an F4 pilot in Vietnam and he got hit so hard. He got a brain bleed and the left side of his head shut down the right side of his body. So all he's got is one hand, one eye. Everything is just one side of his body. And he's it's like a hell of a stranger. He goes, there's not there's nothing I can do. He's nothing I can do. I can't get back there. No. He's like, so I'm going to use my aircraft as a weapon. And he starts juking and turning and banking. And he starts flying this DC-10 like an F-4. And he's put, he put it on its 
on its root, whatever you call that. I don't even, I used to fly. I don't remember what we said. Just rolled it. He rolled it. Uh, and he's, mm-hmm. he's totally inverted. They're falling. And he used that to beat the shit out of the guy. And then they, uh, they came down. So, called, uh, pull up, up, put the, the video. Keep this up out. International relations. Yeah. Yeah. That's so, that's so Navy. And, um, she's, yeah, pull this up for a second. I should, I should really play it. And like, I don't know, jump ahead, jump ahead. Like, like, yeah, you want to jump ahead a good amount. Cause this is boring stuff here. Keep going. Keep going. Look at, look at. Oh, is this an advertisement? No! Hey, give me four seconds. Do you give know what's me. funny? It's advertising what we use. Give me four seconds. That's all you ever need. Here we go. So that's the killer. Well, he didn't kill anyone. Okay, fast forward a little bit more. You got to hear that. Yeah, so right now he's flying this plane so fast that things fly. It's falling apart. Like the skin is peeling off. Just don't pull too hard, boys. Don't look at this. Look at this. this. That plane is perfectly flyable. The only reason why it's doing that is because he's a badass. That's why everyone on Earth should be a veteran. All right, you can <laughs> look at their fight with this. I don't mean to laugh because it's it's crazy. It's crazy. Mayday, check that out. Oh, that's that's the pilot. That's the Navy guy. Co-pilot James Tucker is pushing the DC-10. His best weapon. Oh, he's the co-pilot. That awesome. It's like Jaws music. All right, a little shout out to the Navy there. Uh, the uh, the initial video. All right, you can take it down. Oh, <laughs> did you see that? Yep, that's why I was like, hold on, he's turning. Okay, before we get banned. Here I am, all on the cockpit. We do all right when we just show it like picture in picture like that, but a little shout out. And and you know what? I actually kind of feel bad because we we opened up the show with some. Uh, Air Force footage because of the Air Force's birthday yesterday. Happy birthday, Air Force. I don't even know what you are. You're like 35. No, no. <laughs> Air Force is like 38 years old, um, younger than me. Uh, no, it's 74, I think, if I did the math right. Just when you were it's born. It's just so weird. Isn't that so weird? Like our, Well, I guess there's, there's Space Force now, but it's so weird to have a branch of the military that was like my dad. No, my dad's younger. Uh, my father-in-law is like the same age. It's just weird because you guys were founded when? 75, 1775? 1776. Was it 1776? Was the Navy 1775? Army was 75. Army. Okay. Interesting stuff. Uh, so, you know, that's a shout out to aviators. <laughs> Fucking Frank. What'd and that's say? why you keep your trays in the upright position. <laughs> <laughs> nice. <laughs> All right. We've been talking too long. Let's bring on, uh, I was going to say Gunny Highway again. again? I, it's just stuck I mean, in that's, my head. That's a good Actually, let's pull him up. I'm going to ask him that question. Do you get annoyed when everyone thinks of Gunny Highway? It's like, as a kid, I saw Gunny Highway, and then it just, it, it, it was like stuck in my head. So now when I hear Gunny, I automatically want to say Highway. So that's a, what are your thoughts on that? The high and tight gets everybody. I mean, yeah. that's what yeah, it yeah. does. Nobody looks at me at Walmart. Nobody looks at me in the parking lot. But if I'm staring at them, they kind of stop and they kind of ask me what what I do wrong, and I said nothing. Just have a nice day. Yeah. <laughs> do they does uh, do people come up and talk to you as a veteran without you even wearing anything that says you're a veteran? Oh uh, yeah, all the time. I would assume. so. I was getting free chicken sandwiches and all kinds of stuff. Behind tide's awesome. <laughs> you, can't, you can't go wrong, man. There's there's nothing wrong with that. What's funny though is just the opposite. Is if you see someone now with like uh, a long ass beard and like uh, like you said earlier, uh, uh, camouflage Chuck Taylors or something like that. Uh, now it's like, oh, that that dude. Like thirty years ago, oh, that dude's a hippie. Now it's like, oh, that dude was probably a G-Wafet. <laughs> we got we kind of we kind of cornered that uh, that look. Honestly, go to any hike. Go to any hike, and 
that's what every single person. And then look at me. I'm talking and I have a beard and I'm not wearing my, but I do. I, I do own a pair of Altima camouflage <laughs> uh, uh, boots. Anyways, so we have Gunnery Sergeant Charles F. Wolf Jr. I love asking uh, this question to Desert Storm guys because uh, all I have, all I have to go with is, is, you know, my generation, the people I know of and my dad's generation and my grandfather's generation. But the, I was too young to really know the desert storm generation. You guys were the ones that our schools would put together. Uh, I was in middle school. I think we put together uh, care packages and send it over, over to you. Um, when and why did you enlist? What were your motivations uh, in those years versus uh, the, the nine 11 folks or even the Vietnam folks? Well, uh, my backstory is that, um, I'm from a small town in Ohio. There wasn't much going on. Uh, I knew the fact that if I didn't do something with my life, I was going to end up, you know, working in a lumber plant and really just, if not that, I qualified to be a cook at Dairy Queen because that's where I started when I was 16. Okay. So when I was in a commercial arts school at a joint vocational school, I, uh, I saw my first Marine in person, uh, walked up to the table and it was iconic. I said, what does it take to join? And the sergeant at the time said, do you think you're tough enough? <laughs> so the next thing I know, I'm at the recruiter's office. I really don't know what I'm doing, but I know I'm tough. I wrestled for so long. And I just had the mentality that I had to do something else with my life. So uh, Moto took over. They said, what do you want to do? I pointed at the wall where the poster is. And I said, I want to be that guy. So next thing I know, I'm infantry. Oh, nice. Nice. Yeah. I got calves bigger than coconuts and um, I was six foot two, but now I'm five foot four. Cause you know, I was humping around a pack. It was like <laughs> shrunk you up a little bit like a piece of Play-Doh, right? <laughs> yeah. I mean, my spine looks like a question mark. So it's kind of, it all worked out though. <laughs> That's cool. Um, uh, I just thought of something and then I, I, my brain just dumped the question. Uh, the, was that a jab at his back? Was that a backstab? Get no, it? no. Mark? I had a question. He just up. said something about, oh, oh, so you, were you in art school at the time? Is that what I heard you say? Yeah. So in 10th grade, I submitted a portfolio uh, mm -hmm. to be, try to get into a joint vocational school that would taught commercial art. So I, I drew my whole life. Yeah. But the fact is this school mm -hmm. would teach you how to like paint signs, pen and ink. Uh, okay. Kind of make a profit. with Yeah, your, yeah, yeah. Uh, so like, like, like what you just said, a vocational sort of thing versus, uh, selling paintings on a sidewalk in Nantucket. <laughs> yeah, this, yeah. We had, you know, yeah. we also had their, they had mechanics. We had, you know, uh, stylists for beauty. There was all yeah. kinds of different sections where you could use your talent to go out into the world. Sure. That's cool. Actually, now I remember what I was going to ask too, is the, uh, the, uh, wrestling uh, sports in general are so important to kids and it, it breaks my heart when I hear that numbers are going down numbers are going down from football which honestly as a as a medical provider and someone who has TBI I'm not that upset about that but uh, in general sports are like the first the first entrance into the crucible for kids and I remember I was like I was in ninth grade I was a little chubby kid and I go to the the wrestling uh, meeting they had, and I was like, "That's what I want to do. I want to wrestle." And it, it it was my first experience of overcoming complete pain and adversity, and and questioning my abilities, but but having the motivation to actually overcome those abilities. Um, it, it and I assume that had kind of the same effect on you. You said you you felt tough because you were a wrestler. Yes, yes, and I think a key part was that. Uh 
probably the first leader in my life was my coach. They yes. Wouldn't, he wouldn't let me quit. So, you know, he would call me every time if I was kind of lagging. You know how on the last sprint, you save all your energy for the last sprint. Mm-hmm. But, you know, he would call everybody out because he knew everybody was holding back to try to be number one in the last sprint. So, ah. you know, so, I mean, the thing is that you learned, I mean, what I learned was uh, that's leadership. Like, you got to be honest with the people around you. And if you do that, it's going to make them better, and which it did me. And I wanted right. more of it. Confidence. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, my gosh. I remember we used to go to like, uh, I, I, I grew up in New Hampshire, so we'd go to, to weekend practices in December. And we'd be there at like five in the morning running outside. I'm like, this is, this sucks. But that, those four years did more for my character, I think, than really anything. Because that's like, that's when, what do they say? Strike when the iron's hot. That's when we're, we're most malleable. And, um, and it doesn't, I mean, it, you have banned too. My sister was banned. I think Jeremy was banned. There's, there's other things, you know, where yep. you have to, you have to have responsibility. You have to show, you have to practice, you have to fail, which is another thing I think is starting. We're starting to see a lack of, um, people are afraid to fail and they fail and they beat the shit out of themselves for it. And it's like, no man, take that fall on your face and take it for what it's worth. Like use that as say, Oh God, thank God I failed. Cause now I won't do that again. As he said, that's what I tell my son. I want my son to fail. And I want him to tell me why. And then I want him to tell me how he's going to fix it next time. Exactly. How old's your son? Uh, 15. Okay. Right in the age that we're talking about. Does he do yep. any sports? Uh, no. Uh, he did band last year. And okay. This year, he's in governor's school, which is uh, he goes to two schools at one time. So he's like a brainiac and type 120 words a minute and all kinds of crazy stuff. So yeah, he's on it. Yeah. But we are lifting weights together. So. That's good. That's good. Yeah, it's it's. I think it was Tim Kennedy that said uh, the the special forces community. The, they're called eighteen X ray. So these are your direct to special forces um, recruits, I guess you call. Them. But they they're hurting. They can't find anyone because they used to go to high school football places, and now everyone's smoking pot. And 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 this was like five years ago. I heard that that interview. Everyone's playing video games, smoking pot. And they're not they're not you know pursuing excellence at such a young age, and. Uh, and it's, it's, he said, it's easier to get into college than it is to get in the military. And that, when I heard that, I was like, what? And then I thought about it. I'm like, he's absolutely right. He's absolutely right. Which I'm a, I'm a, I don't know what you would call it. I'm a veteranist. I, <laughs> I think, I think veterans are awesome. I, I just, I meet someone, like I could be in a room and I'm like, Hey, what's your, what's your name? Oh, my name's Ted. Uh, I run a, um, a bank. I'm like, oh, okay, that's cool. Nice to meet you. And, and I meet someone they're like, uh, my name is uh, Joe. I'm retired Marine. I'm like, Let's go get some drinks, dude. We're going to go talk. <laughs> Me and you are going to go hang out because all these dudes over here. So, nah, now, listen, there, I might have some friends that watch this. I love you all. I love you all. Not as much as I love veterans. Let's move on. Um, so, yeah. So what year was that that, that you ended up joining? Uh, 1987, January. Awesome. We need to get a Vietnam guy on because uh, I, I think the earliest I had was at 79. You're, you're, you're probably the third earliest, but... So what, what are the motivations in 1987? Like, is it... The, and you, you told me, like, you saw the guy come in, but uh, what I'm speaking of is think about the, the Pearl Harbor people who obviously saw Pearl Harbor and enlisted the 9-11 people. What was the motivation deep inside that you were like, I have to do this? I, I just... Something, something pulled at me, and... This will come back around to the conversation about what, why I do what I do today. And I think it was part of my purpose. Right. I didn't really have a reason. I just knew I was tough and I wanted to try to change the world somehow. And the only way to do that for me was to join the Marines. 
because that was they're the best. So at the damn time, right. That at the time that's what I was thinking, and I wasn't holding back. So I went. I was yes, yes, yes to everything. I just wanted to get in the door, and I knew once I was in the door, I would kind of find my purpose. But the fact sure. is, I was tough, and it didn't matter what they put in front of me. I crushed it, crushed it all day. I mean, I love telling the fact that I'm, you know, five foot four and all this other stuff. But it's all attitude, and that's yeah. what life is all about. You, you just, you go for it. And I wasn't gonna let my recruiters down, my family down, because that's the other thing that comes when you join. When you join to be a Marine, you take all that responsibility on yourself, which is hard when you're 18, 19 years old. But when you come out of that, I mean, you have a foundation of a family that's, you know, rock solid, 246 years under you, band of brothers and sisters all around you. You got family you never thought you'd have. Um, so it was a no-brainer for me. I just had to get in. That's why I just said straight-up infantry. I don't even know what my ASVAB score was. I don't care. <laughs> What does your ASVAB score have to be for infantry? <laughs> it's I like, don't know. It don't matter. Show up. <laughs> infantry, I believe, is 33. It's got to be the minimum. Uh, I don't even know what. I'm joking because I don't even remember. That was a total joke, too. I was just kidding. Oh, I, I took them to get out of class. I mean, they're like, uh, if you guys want to take the ASVAB score. And I'm like, do we get to leave? Yep. Okay. <laughs> I went and took them, uh, which is probably why I didn't join right out of high school. Um, oh, where's I just lost my place on my thing. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, Let's jump ahead a little bit. You had nine years uh, in Marine Corps infantry. Obviously, you told us why you wanted to do infantry. Uh, your primary MOS was 0351 Anti-Tank Assault Man, uh, Dragon Gunner. I want to say I've talked to a lot of veterans now, uh, <coughs> maybe 200, um, uh, 100 episodes, maybe 200 interviews. Dragon Gunner is the freaking coolest <laughs> name I've heard yet. Explain what that, Jeremy, do you know what that is? Let's, let's quiz Jeremy. Do you know what a Dragon Gunner is? He guns dragons. I know. That's what it sounds like. It's freaking. I picture, what was that movie with those dudes? <laughs> they fought dragons. Uh, you know the ones. They, they, they fight dragons and they live in a castle. It's the British guy. It's uh, Batman. Oh, you mean uh, the movie Rain with uh, yes. Christian Bale. Rain of Fire. No. no it rain, it's Rain of Fire. Rain of Fire. God, that was a good movie. That's what I imagine a, a dragon gunner is. But no, you explain. Let's hear it. Oh, yeah. Words. Matthew McConaughey. Matthew McConaughey. That's right, Matthew Matthew McConaughey. I, I used to do a Matthew McConaughey impersonation, but I won't do it for fear of embarrassment. So, sorry, Gunny. Uh, yeah, you're a dragon gunner. What is that? All right, so a dragon gunner is a shoulder-fired uh, rocket, 81 millimeters. Okay. So it's, it's just as large as a mortar, but it's shoulder-fired. Okay. Um, the thing about the dragon round is it, it only has a... It only has a, it has three sides with 20 rockets on, small rockets on each side. So when you fire it at a tank, if the tank's moving or stationary, you have to look through the site and you have to stay perfectly still like a statue. Because every time you move, the optics is attached to a wire that's attached to the rocket. Oh, they're wire guided. Every time you move, the rocket counters what you have moved at your position. Okay. So you're a statue, and the goal was to be the perfect statue to get the perfect shot on a tank. Um, so that's pretty. I, I can almost picture the hazing of. Uh, I mean, training. Sorry, I didn't I say had, H. Uh, training. It's nuts. Yeah, they probably had you guys just I mean, standing just, just still the, out. by itself. The, the trainer alone, you would, you would, we would sit in that position for you know five, six hours, Ugh. and the uh, the trainer shot blank rounds so you would get the back blast 
Because okay. what happens is when you when you fire that thing, everything around you goes straight up in the air. Um, all the oxygen is taken away. You got smoke and everything else. So you have to maintain your composure because when you come out of that, you still have to be on your sights and the rocket still has to be going straight so that the trainer would emulate the back blast. Okay. You would just sit there all day tracking targets and they had a target they could put on a Humvee that would drive back and forth and it would send a signal on whether you hit, missed, left, right, up, down. But that was basically my whole life just sitting in that position. So uh, do, do they still use these Is this, or is this a bygone weapon? Oh, it is. The interesting thing about this is uh, when I was at TBS, I was an enlisted instructor and we taught the basic uh, fundamentals of an infantry battalion. Okay. Um, and one of the coolest things I ever did was uh, they selected my squad to go to a Dahlgren Naval Base here in mm -hmm. Virginia. So my squad shows up, and there's a bunch of guys in white suits that are scientists, and they give us tubes that have lasers in them, and we're, we're in our positions, and we're shooting at PowerPoint presentations on a screen. And that was the, that was the bare bones basics of the uh, javelin. So okay. my, squad, my squad was developing the javelin that you see today. Sure. But the dragon you couldn't fire inside of a building, if you can imagine. What do you have any repercussions of firing those so many times? Like uh, we call it cumulative blast trauma or anything with your, your your brain. How's your brain doing? I guess is what I'm asking. Uh, my brain's doing okay, but my my back is definitely effed. I yeah. mean, sciatic nerve damage all the way up down both arms, legs. You know, all kinds of crazy stuff. Yeah, just from and, and that's from doing the dragon gunning, or do you think? I mean, also humping and all oh, the yeah. other I stuff mean, that you guys do. A comp, yeah, you know, twenty five miles. Weighing 250 pounds, all that adds up. Yeah, yeah, that's got a, that's got, that's why everyone's got bad knees. Uh, not me in the Air Force. Uh, we do have back injuries from those horrible seats, as our aircrafts have uh, bad landings. But no, our knees, Air Force knees are beautiful. Jeremy, come look at mine. Stroke them if you will. Yeah, I'm not getting down on my knees. Sorry, uh, that's a, that's a you thing. Uh, so you went to Desert Storm. Tell us about that. Like, what was the, uh, the only, so uh, again, the only thing I really know about, uh, the, the build up to Desert Storm and how, how veterans or the active duty fell at the time is from Jarhead, the movie. Um, <clears throat> we're all hanging out in the movie theater and they're watching uh, Apocalypse Now <laughs> and they're just, yeah, and they're hitting the Skittles in the side of their head like they would a, a M16. Uh, but yeah, so what, what you know, did you guys know it was coming? What, tell us about your, your experiences over there. Sure, sure. So uh, 1st Battalion, 4th Marines Weapons Company. Uh, we did our normal deployment, uh, went out, patrolling, doing donuts uh, for six months. We're on our way home. You know, everybody's happy. People at home are making signs, welcome home. Uh, we get to the Philippines and they tell us, you got to turn around and go back. <laughs> uh, so we're in the Philippines. We load up all supplies. We go back. And now we're, we, we start from the beginning. Desert Shield, uh, we're there patrolling everywhere. Uh, the crazy thing about what Saddam did was he just released mines all over that area in the ocean. Oh, so right, there right. was mine watch on the front of the ship, like fire watch, but you had to look for mines, Ugh. Uh, which was crazy. That is crazy because um, like Desert Storm was such a melding. Is that the right word? A mo uh, uh, whatever. A marriage of the old and the new. We had mm -hmm. such new technology. But yeah, I mean, Saddam was using that's World War Two shit. That's crazy. How, yeah. how would you look for them? Like, what were you just looking for? Oh, yeah. Waves? Otters. Yeah, you just had to be. I mean, it was so 
intense. It was ridiculous. So you're just you're looking, you know, and you have the you have the people on the bridge with the big eyes, you know, they're trying to help you and all that stuff. But the fact was, you're you're just up there and you're just looking for anything that looks suspicious. Um, and if you saw something, the ship would uh, go to general quarters. They would send out the uh, EOD team on a, a rigid raider. Right. They would uh, use explosives on it, come back, blow it up, and then we'd move on and, until we saw another one. That the, the stress level there must be horrendous because oh, it was ridiculous. Yeah, you don't want to miss one. You def, especially if you're in the front of the freaking boat. Yeah, is, but, I assume but no, first... you think about everybody downstairs knows there's a mine in the water somewhere. Yeah. That's one of the craziest stories I heard. There's a lot of good uh, uh, photos of the the uh, EOD guys uh, back in the 90s with their their EOD shorts or the what do you call them the buds shorts the little shorty shorts yeah and they're yep. out there just badass just taking apart literally giant bombs floating around in the water. Uh, yep. That's cool. That's probably the most unique story I've heard about uh, combat easily because uh, I haven't interviewed anyone from World War II. No. Uh, so and I don't know Vietnam. I assume they had shit like that but man that's insane well uh, yeah, no, if, if you don't mind the other part of the story is that yeah you know during this time we were still waiting on the word on what you know what we were going to do um so eventually you know we were the uh distraction we in the scheme of things if you look at the map we went to the right uh, and they what they did was they had uh condominiums along the entire shore of where we were supposed to land Okay, uh, and these uh, Saddam moved four divisions over and occupied all those condominiums. Uh, there was dragon's teeth and uh, barbed wire. He had mines out to, like, I don't know, five hundred yards out. So anything coming near there was, uh, you know, it was, it was going to be hard to get through it. And our, uh, I never forget our uh, commanding officer, Captain Detrick. He come, you know, he flew over to the ship, and we're getting ready to eat our last meal and all this other stuff. And he says, uh. You know, this is going to be a hard one, but, uh, you know, I don't expect, you know, even 10% of us to get, get onto the beach, let alone get close to it. Uh, so that was pretty nuts. And then, yeah. you know, as luck would have it, the uh, diversion worked. So as soon as Saddam moved over four divisions, everybody came up through the back door. That's right. And just crushed it. Um, yeah. And then after that, we rolled over to Philaka Island and took a... Ah. 1500 POWs. Um, we but that used was a to, scary one, man. I wrote, you know, I wrote my last letter to my wife and, you know, it's just, we used to, uh, we used to have t- we made t-shirts, my, um, my crew that said, uh, Fayaka U, <laughs> Fayaka <laughs> University. Uh, Cause it's just, a, it's just an Island right out there, right off of yeah. uh, Kuwait and, and, um, uh, Iraq. Um, so yeah, that's right. I forgot about that. You guys were, you were planning, like D-Day, like landing on the beaches and all that, you know, yeah, old school was, stuff. Because the, they had the, they had the, um, the, what the hell do you call them? The battleships. They had the battleships there shelling the, yep. the Saddam's forces. That's insane. Man, were you guys in a way, now I guess this is kind of a, uh, you know, looking at it, 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 what do you say that, rear view or uh, history is 20, whatever. Uh, looking at it, knowing what we know now, but was, was, Cause I know Marines, I know a lot of Marines. Were you guys bummed at all that you weren't allowed to do an amphibious assault? No, I mean, I would say this, we were most proud of the fact, probably the opposite. Okay. I mean, we didn't have to do an assault and we helped win the war. That's true. We intimidated the shit out of 
everybody. Yeah. Um, I just had a close friend that I didn't know this. He told me that he was, a he was actually, uh, Intel inside the wire where, um, the, uh, flyers that they were sending out to all the, uh, Iraqi troops, uh, was a drawing of a huge, humongous wave coming into the beach. Mm-hmm. And the only thing that was wrapped up in this wave was a devil dog with every weapon you could think with teeth snarling and just, you know, eyes blood red. And I guess it just sent everybody screaming. The Iraqis just didn't want any part of that. Yeah. So it yeah. was kind of good to hear, but yeah, I probably the exact opposite. I think I'm most proud that the intimidation of the Marine Corps that makes the entire world scared. It, it worked that day. Sure. Damn right. Saved a Saddam, lot of lives. Saddam's troops, bunch of conscripts who just faced 20 years of a war with Iran. They were not going to face Marines. No. <laughs> no. no way. They used to chain those guys to the uh, surface air missile stations because we were using, um, I think they're called harms. Now, I, I don't remember what the missile's called, but basically the, the missile follows the radiation signal from your radar system. So you turn it on and you die. And the, the guys who are manning these things, Saddam actually chained them because they weren't there. Like, I'm not turning these damn things on. He's like, nope. oh, yes, you are. And you're not leaving. Um, really cool job. Those guys are called wild weasels. They flew F4s really low um, wow. up the coast. Yeah. And then damn. what they would do is they flew F4s really low. They would turn on. They would they would want to get painted by radars. And then they had these awesome uh, missiles that took them out. But man. It's like the biggest nightmare for a, a flyer, but a lot of cool stuff. Uh, a lot of cool. Well, what's interesting about Desert Storm is, you know, it was a decade before 9-11, yet it seemed to pave the way we fought wars from that point on. It was really a turning point from, you know, like the Vietnam or even even the Cold War we were prepared for fighting Russia and stuff. And it's like, no, this is going to be a little it's going to be a little different. And um, do you guys, uh, and I say you guys, not that you can speak for an entire generation of veterans, but uh, what is the, I feel like Desert Storm is one of those forgotten wars almost. You got your huge parade. Everyone was just psyched, 92, 93, 94, and then 9-11 hit. And, you know, even when we go out on hikes, I don't meet that many Desert Storm guys. And it's almost like the Korean guys you know they, they're overshadowed by this other crazy thing that happened uh is that the case or, or not at all or am i just way off base there uh i i think the best part of this story is the fact that it was over so quick yeah and that that really highlighted the old versus the new and we weren't even getting started yet um so it really doesn't matter what weapon a marine is holding they're going to be a marine and you know you're going to get taken out um but in this case, I think that's what you saw. You saw strategies, uh, weapons, uh, tactics. Everything was on the cusp at that moment. And right. I think that war taught everybody, like, it's time to pivot. Um, and the minute that happened, you know, four months later, it was over. Yeah. But then we rode that wave all the way to what you see now. Um so I think that's where it went. I think that was the turning point. Um, you know, that's why you don't hear that much about it because it was over so quick. Right, right. You know, I think that it, has a big thing to do with it. I, I think I just remember the, because again, I was a kid during that time, but I remember the the overwhelming patriotism uh, that we had because we went in, I say we, I wasn't there. I was eight. No, I was Whatever, it doesn't matter. We went in as a country and we kicked ass. And I just remember that feeling, right? That Lee Greenwood, proud to be an American. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? And it was, God damn, that was such a uh, kind of a good era to be alive. It was, we were winners. 
Damn right. One. That's right. I like what we see going on now. Anyways, um, so uh, one of the you have one of the more interesting career moves I've seen, uh, and and as I as I talk about this career move, I want to play this little clip for you because I, I just thought of you immediately, or I thought of this immediately when you when you wrote that in your bio. Infantry. Joker. Sir, yes, sir. 4212, basic military <laughs> journalism. You gotta be shitting me, Joker. You think you're Mickey Spillane? You think you're some kind of fucking writer? <laughs> sir, I wrote for my high school newspaper, sir. Jesus age Christ, you're not a writer. You're a killer. A killer, yes, sir. Gomer Pyle. The late, great Arlie Ermey. God, I love yeah, that. Yeah, that's badass. That Gomer Pyle, that... So, uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, actually, don't do not do that. You're making me nervous. I know, right? <laughs> There's no weapons over there. You're welcome. Uh, there is a Powell rifle face. up on the wall there. <laughs> Just stay away from it. <laughs> I'll bring my, my, my poodle in here. I'll be like, why aren't you stomping out his guts? <laughs> Remember that whole scene? <laughs> Fucking pile over here. So, yeah, so you go from uh, being an elite killer to being a graphic designer. Like, what is it just that was kind of always on your radar and you're like, I got to get over there? Or how did that, that move happen? Well, let me correct you first. I'm still an elite killer. Ah, yes. yo, <laughs> yeah. got him. Fucking Marines. <laughs> Fucking got it him. <laughs> yeah, fork spoon crayon doesn't matter what it is. You know, a, a pack of Twinkies at Walmart. I'm, I'm yo, done. Would choke the shit out of somebody with a Twinkie. <laughs> yeah, right. And let's save half so I can eat it. I mean, that's what we do. So that's damn right. Funny. That's fit. Spoken you like kill and eat. Sp- yep. Spoken that's like right. a true gunnery sergeant. <laughs> <laughs> so, so the the cool thing about this was that uh, while I was on deployment, I you know I had I had always drawn, and really part of part of drawing, uh, to be honest with everybody, is it was it was a sanctuary for me. You know, growing up, I was on welfare for fourteen years, and just you know there wasn't much going on, broken family, um, all kinds of crazy stuff. So what happened was drawing got me through those times when I need it most, kind of like just in my zone. So during Desert Shield, Desert Storm, I realized that uh, the stress was so high on the ship. I was just doing my thing on the mess decks, you know, when we got our time alone. I mean, we were out there for 10 months doing donuts. Um, So, yeah, I was doing what I was doing. But then I started connecting the dots because uh, the Marines around me were – they're talking about situations and scenarios and like specifically we're talking about training and we start talking about the fact that like nobody dies in training. It's like bang, 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 got you, I got you. No, I got you, I got you. There's grenades when they go off. Nobody nobody takes, there's no integrity when you're just having fun in training. So that's one of the first uh, cartoons I did, which is just two Marines with two walls covered in blanks and, and uh training grenades saying, I got you, no, I got you, no, I got you. And it, mm-hmm. it kind of took off. Um, the Marines around me loved it. And I saw the, uh, the enthusiasm that they could release a little steam, not much, but you know, it was there. So, so this, this is when you were on the ship during desert storm. Yes. Okay. So that yes. was the first Semper tunes. Yeah, pretty much. You know, they okay. were raw, they were really yeah. raw and rough and all this other stuff. But, um, yeah, it was it was interesting. Um, so you know, I drew as I could, uh, and one of my friends recommended that I go up to the uh, the admin shop and just to see if I could kind of. It was like the base paper for the ship. So I went up there and I talked to the uh, chief and I said, you know, I'm doing these cartoons and you know, if it's okay, I'd like to share them. And 
she said at the time, she goes, okay, well, we'll, we'll post one on the door every week. Nice. Right? And I was like, okay, well, you know, let me do that. So one of the best parts of the story is um, we had to get off ship to do training because, you know, the vehicles had to get, you know, get the oil going and all this other stuff. You know, we had to get spun up on uh, the heat and the desert and all that. So two weeks later, we come back on the ship. And uh, the chief comes down to the birthing and she's like, you need to get a cartoon up on the door right now. Uh, everybody's freaking out. So it kind of caught on. And it was just like uh, it was like fresh oxygen where the morale and the humor would kick in. Um, so that really. Now I started understanding the power of what I had, um, but I wasn't honed yet. Right. Uh, so really, I just kept doing what I was doing, but I knew there was something there. Awesome. Uh, and then eventually that that turned into Semper Tunes, which I just looked down at the time. So we, <laughs> this is my problem. People have interesting stories, and we just go deep, deep, deep. But uh, I want to I want to hear the Semper, I want to hear the uh, Semper Tunes story here. So um, yeah. yeah, when when did that start? And uh, it sounds to me like you saw how people reacted to your your uh, cartoons. Uh, you, you felt the therapeutic effect of it, uh, just for yourself and for everyone else. And that probably stuck with you for some time. All right. Am I, am I following that storyline? Yeah, that's perfect. So okay. I'll keep it as short as I can, but I, I rotated, um, from, uh, one four to be an instructor at TBS, uh, while at TBS, uh, somebody recommended I go to the base paper, which was the Quantico Century. So I went over there with a folder full of cartoons um, and they, you know, the editor said, yeah, we'd love to publish you. Um, That's awesome. Yeah. So it wasn't that many, but the, the, what he said was, he said, can you do one a week? And, you know, I only had like four. <laughs> and, but, he, but here's the crazy thing, you know, being a Marine, I'm standing there and here's the opportunity. It's just standing right in front of me. All right. I got to do is reach out, right? And I didn't know if I could do it or not because, you know, it's like 16, 18 hour days out at TBS trying to instruct officers and all this other stuff. But I said, yeah, I'm good to go. I'll get you one every week. (laughs) (laughs) But that's what you got to do. That's That's where. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Um, You know, it's sometimes you, you look and you say there's so much on my plate right now. Uh, but what, what's the, what's the alternative? You don't do it and you say, man, I wonder what would have happened there. What's the worst that's going to happen? You're going to fail. Okay. Okay. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> not the end of the world. That's, that's, so, yeah, that's a great, uh, great story about, so, uh, yeah, I would, I would just say that the, the other, the other part of the story was I had to leave there and go to two, one back to the infantry as a dragging gunner. Um, so what I figured out was that there's a base paper on every Marine Corps yeah. base, right? So this is where it got crazy because I knew that if I could make Quantico laugh, I could make Camp Pendleton laugh or Camp Lejeune laugh. But back then there was no internet and I had no pigeons. So <laughs> I had to call every public affairs office in the Marine Corps on my own dime, which meant going to the phone booths uh, at Camp Pendleton with pockets full of quarters. <laughs> Old school. <laughs> Old school, man. I'm telling you. Yeah. And I would contact them, write down their information. And they would hope that I would send the cartoons and I would hope that I could draw them. But uh, my wife, uh, Amy, we've been married for 31 years. She uh, she set up a filing cabinet and we had a folder in there for every base, even oh, open nice. 
and every base had cartoons in it. Um, so we were mailing these out to anybody that could get them because that was the power of morale. Yeah. Um, and while I was at 2-1, what I realized was the Marines were sending the cartoons home to their families when I was drawing them on the ship. I would draw them on the ship. I would get off in a port. I would go make copies at like a Kinko's, but it was in Singapore. Mm -hmm. I would come back on ship and they would mail them home so the families could understand what we were going through. How, how many, if you could estimate, how many cartoons have you drawn in your, your career? Oh man, I don't know, 10, 20,000 maybe. Holy Jesus. And you know, the, <laughs> the thing I like mean, we're talking caricatures. I mean, I do all kinds of stuff for anybody yeah. and everybody. Well, I'm thinking in my head, right. Uh, as a content creator myself, the, the multi it's doing a cartoon is not doing a drawing. You're also making commentary and it has to make sense and it has to make people laugh and, and it has to hit, right? The joke has to hit. Um, so, I mean, there's, there's more than just drawing it. You actually have to be, um, uh, a satirist or, you know, someone that can look and deconstruct what's going on around them and come up with a few lines, not even that many that nope. make people laugh. Yeah, that's great. Now, do you have like a, uh, sketchbook aside, do you just have a notebook aside where you're just trying to think up jokes, think up, or do you draw the picture and then say, okay, what are they doing? <laughs> I, 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 I used to have, I mean, I have tons of notebooks that are like in storage that have notes. I, I have napkins. I mean, I, I write ideas on anything around me, like yellow stickies are my best friend. Um, so yeah, I'm always, that's why I love, I, it takes me 45 minutes to get to Quantico and 45 minutes to get home in my car. And when there's a traffic jam, I'm actually, I like it because now I yeah. can think more. That's awesome. So I'm kind of opposite on life um, as far as, you know, you got to wait for the good stuff. So I'm, I'm, I'm all about it. Just all positive all the time. What, what do you think it is uh, where, why some people want to create? Some people want to make stuff. Some people, or it's YouTube or paintings or whatever it is. Some people can't, like, I, I, I can't sit down and watch TV at night. I have to have a notebook out. I have to have my laptop yep. and I have to be working stuff. Why is that? I mean, is it just a, in our DNA, we have this need to sit around a campfire and tell stories? I, I, that's what I think personally. But what are your thoughts on that? Uh, well, it's, it's two pronged for me. I think, I think a lot of people use it as an outlet first, just like I did. Right. You, you find a way to just cope with life. And, and I mean, I, I play guitar, I make music. I'm just a very creative person. Right. Um, but when you, when you finally realize that what you're creating touches other people, then it takes on a whole new meaning. And now you're passionate. It's just not a hobby no more. Yeah. Um, and I think that's, exactly what happened to me um and you know 27 years later i mean wow I, I really believe that this is why i was put on the planet and i say that you know for me i i'm honored to say that i'm in my purpose if you've never met anybody in their purpose right well here i am does does the marine corps recognize your contribution meaning are you like in the marine corps hall of fame or i i assume with twenty thousand drawings you're you're like, who is that guy? Ernie Pyle um, back in World War yeah. II, Frank, Frank Capra, the, you know, the, the movie guys who went out there. I mean, are, are you recognized for your contribution with this medium? I would, I would say from what I've heard, yes. But, okay. But the other thing that I love the most about all this is it's, it all started being selfless. Right. Which is, I think, the most uh, key component in being a leader. Uh, because selflessness leads to uh, 
self. Yeah. Um, and when you can do that, it inspires other people. Don't ask for anything in return, but you know, when it comes, you know, you'll, you'll hear it here and there. You'll hear people say how much it touched their lives or it got them through that moment. Um, but the thing is, you got to just, you know, if you focus on that, then you shouldn't be doing it. Um, and yeah. the one thing I've always said was, in my mind, I only picture a silhouette out in the middle of nowhere, like in the moonlight. I don't know if they're male, female, I don't, diversity, I don't know anything about them. But the fact is, like, one person's out there in the world that needs a laugh. And that's why I draw. It doesn't matter if it's 20,000 people or just you know, that one, but the one is the most important to me. Sure. Yep. Yeah. That's why, I mean, that's what we say. We do every hike. Uh, you got the coordinators, they're pulling their hair out. There's lots of stuff. I don't even do that side of the, the thing, but they're, they're working their asses <laughs> off. And yep. if it's that, if it's that one person, you know, that one person that goes to the hike and decides that, you know, that t- this was the difference today. This is, you know, I talked to someone that changed things and, th- and that's, you know, that's what it's all about. It doesn't matter how much work you put into it. It really doesn't. Um, because what would the other option? And I guess this, this is what weighs on you too. I don't know if it weighs on you, but it's like, it's like, you know, you do all this work and you're like, why, well, you know, I, I'm tired. I don't want to do it today. And then you go, well, what am I going to do? Watch TV and then yeah. not reach out and then not, I mean, come on, no, I'm not going to do that. And if it doesn't work, I'm going to keep going I'm going to keep going. I'll find something else. Uh, I, I also want to touch on something too, the therapeutic role of, um, of drawing of music. You're absolutely right with that. Even gardening. I've had a guy on that, that talked about agrotherapy, if I'm even saying that right. It's, it's just the, the process of taking your brain, which anxiety and all that stuff is just, uh, your brain kind of going through every possible scenario and saying, Hey, we got to address all these scenarios, even though they're not there. You take like I, Jeremy, you probably don't even know about this. Me. If, if you look over here, there's a big stack of books. I draw, I suck. I've suck completely, huh. but, but that's how you start out. Yeah. Well, no, no, no. I do it because like here, right here, I have the C one thirty right here. Oh, yeah. Um, I'll sit down, I'll look at the C one thirty. I'll look at the lines and I'll spend like, tw- you know, 20 minutes, an hour trying to duplicate it and getting things wrong. And like, doing it. it is when I'm done with that, it's the same as meditation and deep breathing. Like my brain just goes and I'm just relaxed. And then I'm like, Oh, that was great. Almost like a, a yoga or something. I don't know. But, but yeah, I, I'm glad you brought that up because you know, a lot of people have issues and they think the answer is Prozac, uh, not telling you to stop taking your Prozac if you take it, but I mean, <laughs> Prozac, Xanax, um, Trazodone, um, Ambient, it's just, a, or alcohol. And, and it doesn't have to be that. It doesn't. All it has to take is, is, uh, is you re realigning, I guess, resetting yeah. your brain, but yeah, yeah, I liked, I liked how you brought that up. What, so folks can head over to SemperTunes.com. Did I get that uh, website yep. right? And, yeah, perfect. And, What's what's uh, what's coming down the pike uh, for Semper Tunes? Because I mean, pipe, you, pike, right? You say not pike. Pi- it's, no, it's not. It's it's not pike. It's the pike, pike coming down the pipe. pipe. <laughs> Wait, no, I think it's coming down the pike. Coming down the pipe. What's coming down the pipe? So well, no, I you get know that. how you send messages through the pipes in the old school. <laughs> it's coming down. Da- what's coming down the pipe? What new information is coming Hold down on, the pipe? I'm what's coming that. down the pike coming is going to be someone's dome. Down <laughs> the pipe. Down. Look at this. Google search. The first thing that comes up. I didn't even write pike. If you say something is coming down the pike, that means it's going to happen sometime soon. Thank you. Whether it's coming down the pike or pipe, it's still happening. So there you go. Uh, Jeremy, 
I expect a apology. <laughs> no. Uh, you're smoking. Marines say pipe. Sorry, that's it. <laughs> my body, my choice. I, I am a- an Air Force officer, and uh, we study the tongue and quill. Jeremy and I, I looked for that by the way now we're going in the weeds uh I was we were joking because I shit I shit you not the Air Force officers you guys have like strip your your uh M16 blindfolded a hundred times right and uh the Air Force officers we actually get a book called the tongue and quill and we have to learn how to write properly god damn I chose the wrong yep career yep, field career field now I come on being a flyer See, uh, being so, a flyer okay, was so, awesome I want you to know that I'm prefacing you with this as I'm trolling you. I know it's Pike. No, you're so funny. No, seriously. So the He's reason so- being is that why would you stand under a pipe when you look under a pipe and what's going to come into your face? That is dumb uh, as hell. That is called it. epic troll. What- now you're like, you got to explain yourself. He's- you had to look it up. See, if he, he was right. understand a troll. If he was right, then it wouldn't be a troll. See, I get what you're doing. You're trying to play 3D but, chess here. But <laughs> as, a gun- as, as a gunny, I tell you, just say pipe. The troops will understand it better. Yeah, that's true. That's true. You're right. Oh, just, yeah, that's where we're at. Especially, oh, yeah. See, Marine OCS blog just commented, if you say something is coming down the pike, it means coming. So, yeah, so I, yeah, see, I know that. That's the whole point. But it's called a troll. <laughs> and because you try people. So young Marines think logic. What's coming down the pike? If someone says pike, like, why would you have a pike? What? They don't even but know. What, what but what, they don't. But, I when, think, but young Marines these days yeah. now think pipe. So if something comes through a pipe. That makes sense. But so now are you gonna, saying are you saying Marines are dumb? Yes. <laughs> oh, it gotta keep gotta kiss it. Keep it simple, stupid. That's true. That's yes. true. I think Pike, I think Turnpike. Anyways, we're getting a, so yeah, what's coming down the pike <laughs> for Semper Tunes? So here's what's really cool. We have a new program called Mail Call. Um, and pretty much it's a, a collaboration of a 501c3 and my life's work that you can go to sempertunes.com and click on mail call and you can donate 17.50 a month uh, which can be a subscription or a one-time uh, donation um, and what that does is it sends 10 credits to a recruit family so the recruits in boot camp will receive mail and our main goal is to get every recruit in boot camp mail at mail call awesome yep. that, so that- that's that's a really cool. You don't even think about that, you know, when you think about all the, the nonprofits and stuff that people need out there. And you know, it's sad to say you don't think about the recruits, the young kids that are, no. are the next generation. Yeah. So I mean, they come in the pipe. The recruiter gets them. We're gonna take care of you. You know, it. This links the family to the recruiter, the family to the Marine Corps. And when the Marine Corps says we're gonna take care of your son or daughter, mail call proves it. Yeah. Well, that's so that's really part cool. of the that's part of the morale and laughs. So you can go over to uh, sempertunes.com and I believe it's right on the top there because I remember seeing mail call. Yep. Uh, one of the tabs yep. at the top. So so come on, Reverend Warriors, check that check that shit out, and uh, help out some fellow recruits because the majority of I I don't know Jeremy, what's your guess about the 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 percentage of people in Reverend Warriors that are Marines versus other branches? I'm oh listening. God, easily seventy percent. That's what I was going to say. I mean. It, the only time I've ever seen less Marines is when you go around a place like Virginia Beach, like we just had yesterday. Yeah. It was mostly Navy because the Naval, Naval Station's right there. So you're going to have mostly Navy on top of Mary is being is active duty Navy. So so San Antonio is going to be a lot of Air Force. That's like the No, it's the Texas. Force. Texas, a lot of Marines out there. Oh, really? A lot of Marines. Oh, yeah. Our uh, Lackland is like our... I guess we would call it your, your Paris Island. It's like that's where everyone goes. Every recruit goes to... 
to uh, Lackland. Even I think no officer school isn't there. I don't remember where it is somewhere else, but uh, yeah, neither here nor there. So yeah, check it out. Go over to Semper Tunes. It's it's honestly, Gunny. It's an honor to have you on the show. It's um, awesome because I mean, what a hell of a, a career. I mean, you're reaching people, and honestly, as you're talking and as you're telling me this, and and with all the the, I'm, th- you know, with how many people you've reached and how long you've been doing it, I honestly think about you know, in 50 years, you're going to wind up in books. People are going to talk about you. Your stuff is going to show up because it's timeless. Like a grandma can read it. A son can read That's it right. and, a, and a boot can read it. Um, but it also, it touched so many. And, and, and really now this is like an honor to have someone on who's, who's uh, a piece of, of Marine Corps history and creating it still technically. Yeah. Yeah. I'm grateful, but I, I, I don't take anything for granted. That's why I'm grateful for what you're doing. We're all, when it's one team, one fight, yeah, that's what we are. We're, Hold we're on. You just said one team, one fight, but Gian Sun, I'm, I'm, I'm hoping I didn't butcher that name in the chat. It says San Diego is greater than Paris Island. Block. <laughs> <laughs> so, so I, did, I mean, I, technically I mean, I it's nicer out there. Sorry, go I ahead. I want to leave you guys with something real quick. Yes. So I have all my trusty crayons here, right? <laughs> and I am going to sign this. Custom original Semper Tune to you. Oh. And I'm going to mail it to you with some other swag. So this is pretty much the only one in black crayon that I've ever done. But I'm going to sign it with a red crayon. Oh, my favorite. I'm going to do this. That's going on the wall of honor. Kevin and I are going to fight it out to the death. And I'm only going to win because <laughs> I'm a jarhead. It's going on the wall of honor. That'd be cool. We have, look at we have, uh, uh, What's his name from Team Never Quit? Now I forgot his name. See, because this is so cool that we're getting that. Uh, the dude who killed Osama bin Laden, whatever the freak his know name his is. Name. He signed that. That's up there. We got the Kevin McAllister battle plan. People always ask, what is that behind you? That's the battle plan. And over here we have uh, Hill Valley uh, fight between Johnny and um, what's, what, what are their names again? Danny LaRusso. Danny and, LaRusso and um, Johnny whatever. Yeah. Johnny yeah, Lawrence. Johnny, Johnny Lawrence, Lawrence. yep. So funny enough, I went, as nerdy as this is about to sound, a couple, probably six, seven years ago, I went to uh, San Antonio Comic Con with a friend of mine, and I got a photo with those two. It's oh, really? Yeah, I have a photo with them. It's at the house. I'll, just, I'll send it to you. That's awesome. Uh, and that, I, I, it was great, even better. I'm not to cut you off, but I got him to say, uh, uh, stay golden, pony boy, for Jeremy. I was like, yes. Nice. You know that was a different movie, right? Yeah, I know, <laughs> but because it's, yeah, it's him, so. Yeah, so, yeah that's... So- what I'd like to do is, uh, so this is your, oh, going to be, it's all yes. in crayons. But what nice. I did was I put, when I, when I wanted to do this, I put the time as 9-11. So that's going to be symbolic. Okay. Right? I like that. I yeah. like that a lot. And then I'd like to come down to the Richmond, uh, Silky Height. There you go. There and I'm going to bring yeah. a bunch of postcards. Hell yeah. That I can, I'll sign to anybody and everybody to motivate them. That's uh, awesome. That's yeah. amazing. Well, we're we going to reach out to whoever Richmond is. Yeah, it's Carl. Yep. Carl Palmer. I'm going to get you in touch with him. So here, once we're done here and I get home and finally rested, uh, I'm going to shoot you a message <laughs> or email, and uh, we're going to get that set up because to get you down there, that'll also increase numbers, also get you publicity, which would be even better because the more you grow, as no homo as that sounds, <laughs> the more people even also tune into you. So that'd be awesome. Awesome. Yeah. I'm all in. I'm all in. Silkies and all. Let's do it. Nice. Hell yeah, man. Nice. All right, Gunny. Thanks for coming on. Uh, it was really uh, the pleasure was all on this side. We had a we had a great talk. Uh, great story. So thank you very much, sir. Hey, Semper Five. Thank you so much, Rob. Brother, thank. Take care, Gunny. Uh, and for those of you who are watching, thank you very much for checking out the. Um, and what we always say. 
What a dick. I'm just kidding. No, yeah. no I'm not going to do that for him. That's not going to happen. Now, see, yeah, he's, it's a going good, he's a good guy. So he's in the background. What we do is normally we have a guest on that's really good. And he, never mind, just watch other shows. Uh, text, call, write, get in touch with someone that you served with tonight, right now, right after this. Because uh, in the East Coast, I mean, West Coast, it's only like 6.15 or 7. I don't know. 6.15. I can't do the math there. Three. Um, but everyone's up. Maybe they're in Alaska. Maybe they're in Guam. I don't know. Guam's like, it's already Friday at the end of the week in Guam. I'm going to fly over there every Monday just so I can get through these damn weeks. Uh, thanks for checking us out. Head over to 21gun.net, spelled out 21gun.net, and I don't know, there's something there. I think the show <laughs> or whatever. Order some merch. Or some merch. Yeah, that's right. But um, yeah, thanks for checking us out, and we will see you next week. Hold on, maybe I can tell you I can tell you who we have coming on next Ooh, week. We had it. Semper Fly, then Semper Tunes. I feel like we need, come on, give us, give us another branch here. I will tell you uh, what is next week. It's the, come on, Kevin. We it's have, next week. We have Ranger Rick coming on, which is going to be awesome. Uh, John Peck. Okay. Uh, damn it. He's another Marine. Uh, quadruple amputee. Uh, crazy story he had. I believe he had uh, arm uh, replace. Like, uh, what do you call it? Uh, freaking donated arms and hands or whatever. Oh, I mean, yeah. Dude, as a medical provider and as a, as a fellow veteran, I mean, that story is unbelievable. So we're going to have him on next week. Uh, can't wait to talk with him. Uh, and that's about it. So, guys, thanks for checking us out. And... Till next week, which I don't know what date that is, but whatever. Bye.